head of strategy at Ogilvy in Chicago. What an incredibly wise person. Piper is full of insight on strategy and break-ins. I asked Piper about her role as the head of strategy at one of the highest regarded creative full service agencies of all time. I also inquire about the essential requirements and skills necessary to get hired as an entry level strategist. For example, I learned that the traditional means of research, including observational studies, in-depth interviews, and focus groups will never go out of style. So aspiring strategists, pack a notebook and pencil and jot down insights you see from humans today. Piper also states how strategy requires constant learning to build perspectives to connect with all varieties of segments. To build those out, you need to stay up to date and expand your knowledge as much as possible. A way you can do that is by heading to our Instagram at enteringad and checking out Piper's personally handpicked resources she recommends for you. You can also get inspired by Buchan's excellent artwork. He's our star graphic designer. Now on with the show. This is the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. And as usual, I'm your accomplice, Gino Schellenberg. Kick it, Mikey. Piper Dolan, welcome to the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. Thank you so, so much for coming on. I know you're busy and I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I am thrilled to chat with you um, tonight. It's it's great to be here. Appreciate it. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so I'm excited. You are an esteemed guest. You're the head of strategy at Ogilvy in Chicago, Illinois. Is that correct? That is correct. I've been with Ogilvy for nearly 11 years, and I've been running the department there for about three and a half. So, so you run the whole strategy department at Ogilvy? I do. Work? I head up the strategy department at Ogilvy Chicago specifically. So we've got many offices and Chicago is a pretty big one. Um, but uh, that's the department that I head, which has many different flavors of strategy within it. So Ooh, it's, let it's me let's great. what type what flavors of strategy are there? I just thought there was one. Right. Um, who, who would have thought? No, I think strategy is one of those um, incredible disciplines that's just spidered off into so many specialties, um, whether it's, you know, pure brand strategy or really getting into the weeds with some digital strategy, connections or engagement strategy, um, even, you know, thinking about, you know, content strategy and, and uh, data and, and analytics as a part of kind of using data to inform strategies. So, they all kind of sit under this beautiful umbrella of strategy, um, and we all get to interact and help one another and, and really um, lean into the different facets that strategy helps you know, to inform how brands grow. Nice, nice. Because I understand the, the movement of data is so important. Um, I always like to think about how Accenture bought Droga5, and that was a big deal because Accenture is super data focused, a lot of money, and people worried that Droga was going to lose their creativity. But in fact, they've been doing pretty well because of that data and that background. Have you guys um, saw an increase in data, like maybe investments on the back end or anything that you guys are trying to do initiative wise? 
Yeah, you know, I, I feel like data is, you know, the the buzzword, right? You know, everything has to be informed by data. Um, you know, data is something that clients are looking for um, when it comes to, you know, being data-driven, data-centric companies. Um, and, you know, we do sit within this massive holding company called WPP. It's one of, right. it's one of the big ones um, within the communications realm. And, sure you know, they have... Okay. Yep, it, they they have a ton of you know specialty shops, and we partner with them. But Ogilvy has really um, done some tremendous work, you know, as it relates to you know breaking out of um, what I might say could be our our um, you know equity around big brand ideas and making sure that data, digital technology is still a, a core part of our offering and how we think about. The power of brands and the ideas that can can fall out of of you know the work that we do. So we certainly um, you know place a ton of emphasis on that. And I think for a brand like Ogilvy specifically, um, we have to work extra hard to to shatter some of the perceptions that oh those are Ogilvy you know that's Ogilvy those are the guys that just do big anthemic campaigns. They don't really understand you know digital or or how to apply data um, science to to inform different um, types of thinking, and it couldn't be further from the truth. Um, you know, I think it's it's been a journey, and we've got certainly more room to um, grow. But it's it's something that you know we're pretty proud of the progress that we've really um, started to make, and will continue to make. Yeah, I mean, in in my opinion, you guys are one of those creative powerhouses in the industry, um, and you have been for a long, long time. Um, so I'm sure, you know, settling is not an option for your agency and you need to adapt. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, um, I would I would say you don't get a lot of, of, of yeah, just turning over and, and taking some of those perceptions. We're trying really hard to, um, you know, continue to, to break them and also um, just get smarter every day. It's definitely an industry with a lot of competition. So, and it's far, far you know, bigger than just um, other agencies. You know, it's we're competing with consulting agencies. We're competing with you know, all sorts of different um, organizations now that just weren't even on the radar. Um, you know, a decade ago. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Some people are worried about those larger agency shops um, if, because they might not be nimble. So that puts all the pressure on you, and it looks like you guys are are working on that and doing well because you you still are putting out award winning work still influencing culture. Um, I think I'm impressed that, you know, you've been there for 10 years uh, and you've been in strategy, brand planning since the beginning, right? What made you want to go into that strategy realm? And then also like, how did you stay in it for so long? Yeah, you know, I, I, I think I did get really lucky in that I, I was able to, you know, learn about strategy and bring it into, um, you know, my, my, my world, um, at such a, you know, young, young age, starting my career. And, you know, it was, it was one of those things, um, that <laughs> did somewhat accidentally happen. I was interning, um, at the Richards group and I was actually interning in account management and there was those accounts that just their scopes couldn't really, um, afford to have, you know, a ton of strategic um, thinking, um, you know, and bodies scoped on it. And I was able to kind of 
serve that role of, hey, we need to gather some insights here. Hey, we need to, you know, talk to some consumers over there. And um, hey, we need to, to really think about how we can inspire different creative teams. And, you know, it was so much fun. It was so great. And in talking to, you know, the rest of the, the, the folks that I was working with, uh, they would ask me, how are you enjoying your internship? Oh, I love it. I want to do this forever. And, you know, this is, this is the best. I can't believe I found, you know, my career um, and, and what I want to do. Um, and, you know, they, they kind of politely said, well, you know, just want to make sure you know that as an account manager, you know, we don't necessarily do all those things. Um, we're using you as an intern to help fill some of these gaps that we have on these different accounts. And that's when I wow. said, wait, I got to I gotta get over to that discipline. And um, from there, it just really took off. I was able to, you know, start to really dig in and, and uh, was hired full time to be a strategist. And um, that, that, you know, led to a lot of different things when it came to just starting to really understand um, what strategy ultimately can can do for for brands and for creativity and um, you know it took me to the Miami ad school um, I did the boot camp program there um, and it helped me you know understand the power of, of storytelling um, and and really the power um, that strategy has when it comes to um, you know diagnosing what needs to happen for, um, different different brands and their challenges and helping them, you know, achieve greatness because they're being very thoughtful and deliberate about, you know, what what the strategy should be, even if that sometimes means um, what not to do as part of the strategy rather than what always to do, um, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, that does. So Miami Ad School, so what was, refresh me, what, the timeline on that then was, uh, how, when did you go to Miami? When did you break in? Let's make that really clear for the audience. So I was at Miami Ad School in 2004 or five. So early 2000s, we'll call it. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, we don't yeah, have to do exactly that. Um, and, you know, it was it was an awesome program because it really was um, a boot camp program, right? It, it was three months, um, you know, six days a week. Um, oh, <laughs> so wow. we had... We had uh, Sundays off, but we were we were moving and grooving, and um, they paired you with um, a creative team. The creative, um, you know, side of the Miami Ad School was two to three years. I can't remember. The boot camp program was about three months, so we had to pack okay. in an awful lot in a very short amount of time. And um, what was great about it is you know, going to college and taking some different marketing and advertising courses was, was, you know, was, was great. I got some fundamentals and what the textbooks, you know, say about the industry, but the boot camp, um, Miami ad school boot camp really helped to bring in strategists who were working in the industry, who were, you know, bringing their experiences into the classroom, who were bringing consumer, um, challenges and objectives into our project assignments. And it gave us uh, definitely some more real world learning and application without actually, you know, being at an agency. And um, so it was just a, it was, it was a little bit closer to kind of understanding the meat behind what it is that we're going to be doing when we do, you know, get to that agency experience. And 
you know, for me, it, it certainly, um, you know, helped as I went back to the Richards group and really started to kick it into to full gear and apply, apply the learnings. I, think now they, <laughs> I still think, I still think you've got to, it is one of those, um, it's one of those industries that you've, you've got to, you've got to do it. You've got to live kind of this world of marketing um, to really uh, and practice it. You know, you don't, you don't do it. You practice it. It's not like accounting where, you know, two plus two is always going to equal four. Um, what we do is why it's so, so fulfilling and why it's so, you know, unique is that, you know, there's, there's so many different um, strategies to, to think through and to choose from and to objectively try and, um, you know, weed out. And it's our job to find what's the best strategy to meet these objectives, to answer these different challenges, um, to speak to that consumer. Um, and that's, that's what makes it so fun. Absolutely. And I think, so I think first off the, the Miami ad school probably has a, um, like not probably like a full program for strategy. I know VCU does. I know like a lot of these graduate school portfolio schools are incorporating strategy as a program. Do you recommend those? I mean, you did the boot camp and you loved it. The real instructors showed you how to do things. When you are hiring or your team or if the recruiter, whoever is that's hiring for entry level brand strategists, are they looking for those people that have that? graduate experience after undergrad because it seems like it what, what what what's your view on that yeah you know i think that the you know i think that miami ad school would probably kill me for saying this i don't think it's necessary i don't think it's ever going to be listed as a requirement on you know a job description for a strategy position at an agency but right. i do think it's something that, um, especially with the Miami ad school, I found that you get out of it what you put into it. So you can go through the program, you can probably get your certificate um, and, and, you know, learn a couple things. But if you really, um, you know, get into the program, really um, start to think of, you know, the different assignments as if they could be, you know, real assignments from the client, um, the creative teams you're working with, they will be real creatives at, you know, real agencies one day. Um, you know, I, I do think you get an awful lot out of it because you start to really put yourself in the shoes of, you know, what you're ultimately going to be living. Um, that said, I do think internships at different agencies and some of these other, um, you know, ways of experiencing um, the work that we do are, are incredibly valuable. And I, you know, I, I realize it's, it's probably a bit more of a competitive market out there. Um, there's only so many internships to go it's, around. It's tough to get an internship. But yeah, sure. <laughs> but there, you know, we need help, and I and I do think, um, you know, there's a a huge um, appreciation for the interns coming in, not just because you know they are um, supporting some of the the workload and the things that we have to do but because they really do bring a perspective um, with a fresh set of eyes a fresh brain and and frankly um, with some some fresh you know things that they're teaching all of us you know and you think about this world of 
of, you know, digital and technology and the consumers of today, like so many of these, you know, young, young um, students coming out of, of school or in their last year of school, I mean, they actually, um, you know, can, can teach us a ton about things that we just are maybe too um, tunnel vision to really um, think through or maybe myopically approaching something in a way we've done before. So I, I do think there's a, a new value that they bring that's now um, been much more appreciated, especially as we've, we've kind of started to come out of, you know, this pandemic. Sure. What do you, what do you think makes a great strategist, whether it's uh, entry level talent that you've worked with, or just somebody that has been on your team or in your life that you've noticed that really sets strategies apart or, or keeps them in for the long term? Yeah, you know, it's a great question. I think a lot of times you'll get the canned answer of they have to be incredibly curious and they have to be, you know, a great storyteller and they have to, you know, um, be able to in inspire creative. And I think all of that is true. I, I, I do think that there's an innate part of most strategists who, you know, really um, they want to dig in. They, they, they really can't help but want to solve for something real. Um, and I say that because I think what makes a great strategist is to really recognize and understand um, what is that tension that we're solving for. Um, if, if we're just trying to put a fluffy, nice idea out into the marketplace, um, I don't think we're going to necessarily be successful. But if we're trying to come up with a strategy that's solving for something, um, solving for, you know, something bigger than, than just oh, we need to, you know, acquire new, new um, customers or consumers, you know, but, but something that um, is a true cultural tension that's, that's really palpable in the world. Um, I think that you're going to have far greater success in inspiring the creatives and the, the creative work that comes out of that strategy. Um, and I also think you're going to see the upside of the brand potential and the business results, um, because you're actually, again, solving for something real, um, rather than, um, you know, being short-sighted about, um, you know, slapping, slapping a strategy together that might be recycled or that might be based off of recycled insights or trends. We all know, we all know those. Um, so, so that's a big one. Um, that said, I, I do believe, um, we live in a world right now where we look um, we look to the client as you know they are the the end all be all, and I think strategists who fail to think of their creative partners as 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 just that their partner um, and the fact that they need to earn their trust and respect in order for them to really. Um, process what strategies we're putting in front of them. It's it's so key. If you don't take the time to develop that relationship with your creative teams, um, you might get some good work, but it might just be lucky because those creatives happen to be pretty strategic minded as well. It might not necessarily be because it was um, part of the strategy that you helped develop. So I, I, I say that because... Um, I, I just think we are all so mired with our day-to-day -day tasks and with the busyness of, of what we have going on. And strategists really do, um, they, they, they have a pretty heavy plate. You know, we, we have to do the, 
you know, a lot as it relates to the competitive audits and the, you know, some of the business analysis and the voice of the consumer and, you know, crafting the narrative of like, how do we want to um, think through the the comms planning and how do we want to, you know, um, segment the audience and, oh, then there's that single strategy line that we want to make sure comes across in all the communication. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's an awful lot of, um, of prioritization that needs to happen. But the minute you lose sight of, of the creative team that ultimately, um, you know, gets to some of those outcomes, um, you'll, you're probably gonna pay for it. <laughs> yeah. What, what's something that you're really proud of? in your career so far? Was there like a huge insight or a concept or brief that you put out that produced some really great work that you want to talk about? Yeah, you know, I mean, I I, I feel like there's, there's so many, um, you know, great campaigns that I've been so fortunate enough to work on and, and help develop strategies for. Um, and, and I, I guess I would say that, you know, as, as somebody who really believes in the power of the creativity side of what we do, but also the power of the effectiveness side of what we do. Um, I think it's important um, to acknowledge the, um, you know, acknowledge both. So, you know, I've worked on a ton of CPG brands, um, you know, within Unilever, um, you know, from Suave and some different um, multicultural hair care brands that they've worked with. And, you know, there's, was I extremely proud of the work? A lot of it was, you know, your, your typical codes and cues that, that would be put out there. Um, but in terms of the effectiveness of, you know, getting people to spec our product over others, it did what it needed to do. Um, so I, I think there's, there's also um, that decision that a lot of strategists, creative account folks, just people in our industry have to make, which is what does success, you know, look like to you? And if it is winning the, you know, the can lion, um, because, you know, you created the most beautiful campaign, or if it's, you know, well, I, I, uh, delivered the most, you know, positive business impact. Um, a lot of that I think is, is important to determine um, because there's varying um, opinions on it. Um, but absolutely, you know, um, what do you think, <clears throat> what does an average day for an entry level strategist look like? I know your job is far from that. So, um, and you can talk, you could also talk about like maybe some of your daily stuff and what you do or maybe your favorite part of your job, but what also would somebody going into the industry need to expect to do? Yeah. You know, I think it's one of those things where, um, like I kind of rattled off before, you know, we, we have to constantly keep ourselves at, you know, the vanguard of the industries in which, you know, our brands work in. So there is this, um, you know, ongoing, keeping ourselves up to speed with what are just those macro trends out in the world. And I think, you know, entry-level strategists are great at helping to spot those. And, um, you know, instead of just being a glorified Googler, um, really Mm -hmm. in and unpacking them. 
Um, you know, I, I, I think uh, there's a lot that, again, are a little bit of rinse and repeat. But it's nuanced um, based on, you know, what's happening around, you know, the world and the, the cultural implications. So, you know, gender disparity, take that, for example. That's certainly, you know, a topic that has come up quite a bit. And, you know, I think it's, well, how do we unpack it within today's world, within the way in which we're potentially going to, you know, market some products? So, you know, you take um, you take brands that take cleaning products, for example. Um, you know, worked on worked on some of those. How do you make sure that is 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 there a potential to say, you know, what women typically you know do more of the the um, the the housework, right? When it comes to when it comes to those things, is there a strategy to unlock and something that we can solve for? But I think it's it's our job to interrogate those trends and insights and entry, you know, level strategists, um, I think get really excited about doing that versus strategists who've kind of seen some of these trends, you know, for, for years now, they might Mm -hmm. miss something. So I think that's one thing and, and bringing that again, fresh perspective, like I mentioned earlier. Um, the other is, you know, we so often, I think, just look at what we're doing as the brand. What's the best thing for us to do? And we might just scratch the surface on what our competitor is doing. Oh, here's their new campaign. The positioning is this, you know, the tagline is this. And here's a couple screen grabs of, you know, whether it's a digital, you know, digital video or whatever they're doing, social posts. But we don't really you know, use some of the other um, data surrounding the competition to inform, you know, our strategies and to learn, you know, from the bigger world of of the industry in which we all live. So I think um, entry-level strategists certainly help with a lot of competitive audits, but going a bit, um, you know, more in depth in how to draw out some some really powerful implications um, for our, for our you know our own businesses and the brands that we work on is is a big one, um, and then obviously the consumer. I think it's really easy to spend you know oodles and oodles of money on consumer research. I think it's really easy to spend very little money and perhaps you know a bit more time on just observing and talking to people. Um, I can't tell you how often I would do, you know, man on the streets, go out and sit on a park bench, you know, in a, in a busy area and just observe people, um, interactions that they were having conversations that I was eavesdropping on. Um, Mm -hmm. we just don't have time to do that anymore. And it's a shame because, you know, there's so much we can learn from just, um, observing people. And I think entry-level strategists have, a ton of um, a ton of potential to really bring that back as as a true art in in um, you know uncovering uncovering different insights and different behavioral um, you know learnings. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is you know proactiveness. Uh, you know we I would love to spend I would gosh thirty percent more of my time. Um, just, just being able to proactively think about what could be, 
what you know what if we these provocations that we might you know have for for a business for a brand um for, for a, a media idea whatever the case might be and you know it's very easy to get distracted it's very easy to have another client request come through that has to take you know priority and yeah. i do think um i think that if we don't foster that proactive you know, thinking and thought leadership um, that can really um, be incredibly valuable. Um, you know, we're we're going to miss out. So I think that's another area that entry level strategists can help with. And what's great about that is, while we definitely, you know, I, I believe in in um, having a balance between again data informed strategies and thinking. Um, research informed data and you know research informed strategies and thinking all of that but i also believe in your your gut you know and i think the balance there is great so for entry level strategists to be able to just use their gut to kind of think through some of those proactive ideas and thoughts um that's incredibly valuable to to the business you know and, yeah. and they shouldn't be afraid to um you know write those things down just you know, even if it's on the back of a napkin, it really doesn't matter. Um, but uh, I, I do believe that, you know, they they can be little little gems and golden. You know, I, I love that. And that actually is super inspiring. And I, I think it's a shame that agencies don't build that in to just the average workday for strategists. I think that would be very beneficial rather than you know to to go out and do the observational studies and to do those in-depth interviews and um to wa watch people like that like that is huge and that's like what we did in college when there was no clients um they would have those assignments and that was part of what we've done and interviewing our friends and their friends and people we knew that was super beneficial so mm -hmm. and i know a lot of times um they might be expected people might be expected to do that in their free time but think about maybe adding that into the workday or how, how that could be applied because there are a lot of distractions and I know we're working from home now, but um, maybe in the future that could be on the plate. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we, you know, one of the things that I like to talk about within the department um, at Ogilvy is um, there's like three philosophies that I, that I have and they're all centered around learning, which sounds super cheesy, but as I've talked about, you know, before, I, I, I do believe that learning is one of those things within strategy. There's no finish line here because you can't just learn it once and then it stops, right? The trends are always coming. The new behaviors are always occurring. You know, the insights are always there, you know, um, to, to gather and discover. And I think um, when you think about learning as this theme and principles put, you know, around it, you know, I like to really drive home this idea of a laboratory as as one analogy which is go into the lab you know experiment take you know an idea and and start to play and start to see what happens and fail fast and start over and do it again and welcome a new body into the lab laboratory with you um, to do more experimenting but but take the time to go into the laboratory as often as you can um, the other analogy we talk an awful lot about is it was inspired by my kids starting school. They go to Montessori um, school. And I think it's really cool that they're learning based on their interests and, and that's guiding how they're learning and going deep in, in different areas. And 
I, I think as strategists, you know, go, if, if there's an area that's interesting to you, you know, go explore it, like really um, dig in. If you don't know as much about digital strategy as you want to go shadow some meetings, you know, um, go, go, go read up, you know, the different, you know, Weeby award winners and, and the story behind them. You know, I think, I think that um, the Montessori way of, you know, letting, letting your interests guide what you, um, spend most of your time on is is really really cool, um, and then the third analogy around this learning topic is is really about this idea of a teaching hospital. And I, you know, I joke, you know, you want the heart surgeon who's done it, you know, twenty thousand times to do your heart surgery, but there's there it's very important that we remember you've got to nurture and grow, um, you know, these students and. I think it goes both ways now. You know, I, I actually find myself being the student more often than not with, with some of these, you know, younger kids coming into the industry because, you know, they're teaching us things that, you know, just they weren't around when, when we were, when we were start, you know, when I started my career. So this notion of a teaching hospital and, and the, you know, reciprocating, you know, the learning and teaching and student and teacher and all of that is, is really powerful. And I think we do a great job of mentoring, um, one another, but I do think, again, we get mired with our, with the busyness that, you know, the day brings and we've got to remember, um, to kind of continue to, to nurture, um, mm-hmm. people's, people's growth and professional growth and personal growth. Those are fantastic. Those are fantastic. And what are some of those resources or, um, things you look at, to stay knowledgeable, to, to keep up to date. I mean, and when you're in your free time, what do you find yourself reading through any books or any cool resources that, like that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I definitely, you know, <laughs> have my subscriptions to, you know, whether it's Mark, Mark Ritson's, you know, um, uh, blog or reading hope, you know, I, I love me some Seth Godin, um, you know, I think Julian Cole, he's got Planning Dirty Academy, and that's amazing. He's got, you know, a ton of free resources. And, you know, I get a ton out of his, his newsletter, even though some of it is geared towards kind of strategy 101. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then obviously reading the, the Byron Sharp, you know, how brands grow is, is incredibly important, you know, having worked with a lot of clients and brands who, who just cannot, um, cannot eat his words up <laughs> anymore. It's important to understand, you know, what they love about him and, and, you know, the power of distinctive assets, but, but also how are we going to figure out ways to perhaps get a slightly additional point of view in the mix, um, as it relates to some of this stuff. Um, and, you know, I think, uh, you know, works great because it actually has um, different case studies, whether it's from, you know, the award um, winning campaigns out there, but it also has some really great um, best practices and subject guides, um, you know, articles from different um, research journals. So, so really love that. Um, And yeah, I mean, and then I, I, I certainly listen to um, a lot of different, a different podcasts. So, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's really nice to, to dig in and, and kind of just take a break, 
Um, the overthinkers is, is one that I like um, mm-hmm. Rachel Mercer and Shane. Um, big, I'm going to say his name wrong, but big Leon um, and uh, Mark Pollard. So, you know, yeah. with uh, a So it's just, you know, I think there's a lot out there, but I also, I also encourage, you know, young strategists to realize that again, this, this is um this is subjective stuff right there there isn't really a right or wrong um there are just so many ways of thinking about crafting strategies um working through strategies and and i would say that finding your authentic self and how to do that is is probably most important so while i do think you can learn an awful lot from these resources um I should have even said like TED talks are great in terms of mm-hmm. the, the power of telling a story, um, you know, forget some of the topics aren't related to marketing, but they're all marketing because they just draw you in and they're just so incredibly powerful. I mean, and I, I believe their mission is to, I think they say it is to, um, to spread ideas, you know, I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. so things like that where you can just soak it all up but I just, I would urge people never to forget that, um, you know, it's, this is one of those, um, disciplines where it really is, you know, about what's gonna, what's gonna make you most comfortable. Because if, if you're kind of just applying, um, the different ways of other people and you're not, um, thinking about some of the, the ways that you would do it or, you know, the, the slight pivot you might take, um, or a different approach that you might apply, um, you know, you can miss something great. So, uh, I just want to remind people of that. I love it. I love it. We'll write down those resources and put those into our social at entering ad. Um, that's all I got Piper. This has been great, great insight into what you do strategy, what people can expect to enter and how to get in. So, I have nothing else. Can people reach out to you for, if they have any questions or they want to learn more about your role or Ogilvy in general? You know it. Absolutely. Always reach out to people, um, myself included. But if they don't get back to you, try again. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I really I feel like people will ultimately um, you know, come around. And one of the things uh, to, to kind of give a little behavioral science nod um, you know, I, cause I was that person who'd reach out to people when I was younger and I'd be like, they didn't reply, um, you know, give them the nudge and, and kind of, um, force them to empathize with you. So, you know, even asking it as a question, um, rather than, um, you know, just saying, you know, do you have 15 minutes of your time or, you know, um, any availability next week, maybe ask the question, reframe it a different way. Like, do you remember when you were just starting your career? Um, but really make them feel um, something because I, I do think um, people really have have good intentions of wanting to help. Um, I just yeah. think again, a lot of the theme that I've talked about is we're all busy. Um, oh yeah, and it should be an excuse. So <laughs> yep, just follow up, be persistent, yeah, and exactly, exactly. That's how no, you got on some, you know, LinkedIn message for this. I mean, yeah, that's how it works. I love yeah. it. I love it. It's great. And I'm, I met a new friend, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you again for coming on. That's all I got. And this has been fantastic. Have a great, great night. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye.
Thank you all for listening to this entire episode of the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this week's guest. Make sure you go and connect with them on LinkedIn. Tell them that Breaking and Entering sent you. Now, thank you to Mikey Malarkey, our audio technician, and Buchan Zhang, our creative director, as well as the student team from the Midnight Oil Agency at the University of Illinois. Can't do it without you all. Thank you very much. We will see you all next week with another amazing guest.